Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. Freed Up has a word for you. In today's episode, we're going to continue our conversation with Alicia Watson, Executive Director of Redeemed Women. She's a freed up friend who we call Chocolate. Chocolate shared with us in the previous episode of how she overcame childhood trauma and many adverse experiences, including being a survivor of childhood abuse, being a survivor of domestic violence, being an overcomer as a teenage mom, and so much more. And so today we're going to hone in on how God took all of those experiences and use those for good as she serves women who've experienced similar situations. And she also shares the sweetness of her love story with her husband. So don't miss this one. Stay locked in. We'll be right back. All right, so we back for this part two. Yes. I'm talking to Alicia Watson. We call her Chocolate. Yes. And um, y'all have to see her. She's a beautiful chocolate woman. <laughs> I love her. Her spirit is just, it, it oozes. I know you can feel it through the airwaves. So we talked a little bit about what's happened over the course of your lifetime mm-hmm. um, and how God has called you to courage up over several incidences <laughs> of adversity. Yeah. Um, and we talked about the number one way that God allowed you to respond to it, but God. God. And so you got your shirt on again. We all ready with the hashtag, (laughs) but God. But I like your shirt. It's working for your good. It's working for your good. Sign God. Wow, I love it. Because you know what? A lot of people can tell you that. And it's important to be encouraged. Mm -hmm. But when God tells you, you know for sure. Yeah. You can believe it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, thanks for calling my shirt. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. We got our favorite shirts on. Represent Divas. Yes. <laughs> so, today, I want to talk a little bit about how you walk through those seasons of adversity and really courage up to triumph in mm-hmm. that. But you didn't stop there. You didn't say, ooh, I made it and mm-hmm. I'm good and do sub. And mm-hmm. roll out and try mm-hmm. to live your best life yeah. in some way where you're trying to make up for all those years that happened yeah. that way. Yeah. But you actually took that experience and you did something amazing with it. You gave back. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about the ministry that you birthed in yeah. and how you're serving women who are experiencing similar things that you have. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for me, I've always had a heart for women, especially being a young woman that lacked uh, um, real strong leadership in my life and love and support. Um, There was this one personal story about um, I had on a dress and I had on the the wrong color undergarments Mm -hmm. up under the dress. And I remember some family members talking about me, laughing at me in my face saying, girl, why you got that on this, that, and the other? And I was so hurt, Tina, because those same people that knew better mm-hmm. did not teach me better. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it literally burnt me to the core. And so for me, I was always reminded of how can you laugh at somebody that don't know no better if you've not taught them mm-hmm. and you have authority and experience mm-hmm. to teach them. Mm-hmm. So for me, once I've experienced that, I was just like, okay. I've been through all of these things and I know what it looks like to walk through hurt, abuse, domestic violence, all of the things, failures, mm-hmm. and, and, and be in your, your uh, shame, hurt, and guilt. 
And I just knew that I liked the support system. And I knew that many women that I came in contact with face the same thing. Black, white, blue, orange, don't really matter what color no, you are. You know, we're women. So no. we face the same uh, right. circumstances. And so because of that, I was like, Lord, well, how do you want to use me? Mm-hmm. And again, I, you know, I would say that I ran. Um, God had a call on my life early, early, and I knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran for several years. He really called me out in 07. Okay. Um and, and how um, old were you then? I was early twenties. Okay. So yeah. our early twenties that are listening. Yes. Make sure your ear is open just yes. in case you get in a call and yeah. then get in a ring. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes, I was early twenties and I remember him calling me out and saying, I have more work for you to do. And I ran for a little over 10 years mm. um, and just experienced life and craziness, hurt at the hands of others and hurt at the hands of self. And I, we must be reminded, I think our listeners must be reminded that sometimes everything ain't everybody else's fault. Right. We got to own our part in it yeah, too. Yeah, true. What part did I play in? Exactly. We had a previous guest on Janet that, that okay. resonated that question for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after that, I just realized um, what it would look like to work in a community stricken with so much pain and hardship. Um, But I like to say specifically generational poverty. Um, I have I've walked through generational poverty in so many different levels, not just financially. But, you know, again, being the fourth generation to have a baby up under 16, being the first generation to complete high school, a high school mm. graduate and some college. Yeah. I can't tell you if I know of any of my my great grandmother, mother or anybody completing high school, let alone college. And so what does that really look like? And so for me, I just knew that I wanted to give back. And so um, I graduated high school at 17. Actually, I, I um, went to summer school and night school. Did you have a baby at 14? You got to figure it out. Yeah. Started working at 15 years old. My first job was at Burger King, girl. Graduated high school at 17, went to summer school and night school. Got Can married at 18. Say, that in and of itself blows my mind. <laughs> because you had a, a child and you're working and going to school. Mm-hmm. And 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 being a first generation yeah. to to try to graduate yeah. is, is is that blows yeah. my mind. I walked across the stage and neither one of my parents were at my graduation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um. So for me, what does it really look like to have support? I lack support, mm-hmm. so I knew what I needed. So it was easy for me to live in the community that I live in now and see that so many of my 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 fellow women friends lack support mm-hmm. they want to do these things mm-hmm. but how do you do it when you don't have child care yeah yeah you know my yeah. daughter was two years old when my grandmother died mm-hmm. but god he sent me free daycare by working at the y who sent me to school because i knew how to capitalize mm-hmm. because i knew how to hustle because you were determined because i was determined that's right yes yes and so for me i you know i graduated high school did child care for 10 years and then i went into transportation and logistics and i did that and i actually did think i was going to live my best life i married my second husband which we're going to talk about soon Mm -hmm. married my second husband and i thought i was going to be the truck driver's wife Mm -hmm. um and we were going to live the life Mm -hmm. um but then god said i have something different for you and it's not working behind the walls it's being right there with the people that you understand and so my theme scripture is isaiah 61 the spirit of the sovereign lord Mm -hmm. is upon me and he's proclaimed he's uh anointed me to proclaim the good news um and how do you proclaim the good news you show up where they are Mm -hmm. and you show up with your smile Mm -hmm. and you share your story and then tina will say chocolate how are you able to smile and i get to say tina 
but God. But God. And so that birthed it, Redeem. We're, we're actually three years old, girl, this month. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. So Redeem Women is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we serve in the southern sector of Dallas okay. and beyond. Uh-huh. Um, and the goal is to transform women to lead independent lives by building relationships first and addressing the spiritual, physical, and vocational lead. We do take a holistic approach. Um, you don't have to be a Christian or anything like that to come through the doors. Um, but you're going to know I love Jesus. Yeah. And to love Jesus means to love everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm just like, okay, Lord, what does this mean for me? And he said, well, you don't get to go. So not only are you going to start this amazingly wonderful organization for women, you are still going to live in the neighborhood. So you get to talk to them and tell them, I'm not only watch your story. Yeah. I started something for you. And I live right down the street if you need me. Yeah. So you, God calls you to be proximate to the needs. I like that word that Brian Mm. Stevenson uses so much when he talks. He's like, we have to get proximate Mm. to meet the needs of others. And so um, I love how he steered you that way. And that in and of itself takes courage. Oh, yeah, because when you grow up like somebody like me, so I grew up in, 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 in the hood of Dallas. Then I moved to Compton, California, Inglewood, Watts violence, gangs, mm-hmm. and drugs, yeah. and earthquakes, yeah. and then you move back to Dallas in another part of a different kind of hood, so all I saw was hood my whole life, so at one point, I was like, deuces, I'm out, yeah. I'm gonna what get my life, different? yeah, and yeah. I'm moving out, yeah. And um, but I couldn't ask for a better calling on my life to do life with the people, um, the least of these, mm-hmm. I couldn't ask for a better calling, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and I've I've been connected to your program in some way Mm -hmm. and just from a peripheral being able to look in and look at these women Mm -hmm. who are beautiful who are courageous who are determined just like you so your spirit flows over into their lives I want to talk a little bit about perception yeah and stigma because oftentimes people who don't understand generational poverty Mm -hmm. and don't understand how hard women are working yes. and men are working because we have some yeah. young listeners as okay, well, yeah. but we don't, we don't understand that from afar, many of us. Right. And so talk a little bit about that stigma and the perception and in your book in particular, Anointed, I was just reading about how you share in a way that it lets people have an inside seat mm. and they get a chance to sit down almost as if they are in that thing themselves <laughs> and they can connect to it in a way. It's like, this is me too. It exactly. could be me too. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that and how you go toward that with, with folks. Yeah. So for me, I just feel like that oftentimes so many people, um, they just assume, especially in the black community, I'm just talking about the black community because that's what I am. And that's where I live. Okay. So for me, oftentimes people think that the black community, like my community is 86% black women. That's a lot of percent of black women. Mm -hmm. Um, That we are lazy or that we don't want to work or that we're users or whatever the thing is. But what I beg to differ is what if you have a strong black woman like myself that had a two-year-old that that needed daycare, that didn't have the the nannies and the grandmamas and all the things at the house that really have drive and determination like me, but lacked opportunity. Have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought that? Because I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning, get on the dark city bus, take my daughter to daycare and get back on the dark city bus and go to work up north because that's where the jobs were mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then do it all over again in the evening getting home at nine o'clock at night mm-hmm. but you know and that was because i lacked transportation right. right right um and so when i think about things that i've lacked right um oftentimes if you don't understand where um um the concepts 
you would also you would almost draw your own conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you say people don't want to get to work, well, if it takes me four hours to get to work, mm-hmm. I want to get up. It takes me four hours to get to work, and I'm a single parent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. which means that when I get off at, at three, because I'm trying to get off when my daughter gets out of school, but it takes me to 530 to get home. Mm-hmm. The predators are out from three to six. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's, a it's a big, a big thing. thing. It's a reality. You know, yeah. Or, or my daughter gets sick and I can't make one phone call and say, uh, uh, Nana, do you think you can go pick up Tweety from school for me? Because I can't miss work again. Yeah. See, I don't have the opportunities. Um, and so oftentimes I think people um, that have not walked through this journey, but I tell people all the time, the one thing I, that I love about being in a relationship, I tell people all the time, get in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Don't assume. Mm-hmm. Ask mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. But those questions, I, you know, one of the things that I think about is questions come after you've built relationships. Yeah. You can't ask those questions before you've built relationships mm, to understand somebody. Yes, it's really good. You know, yeah. um, and you can't assume. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we don't all do it, but we shouldn't all do it, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, because there, I mean, you know, there are some real strong black men and black women um, that really want a change. Or you might have had a, a blemish and now you stigmatize mm-hmm. for the rest of the world to mm-hmm. see. One of the things that I think about is being married to a strong black man. My husband is very assertive and very strong in his stature and he's a big guy. And so, you know, being married to a, a, a strong black man, one day I, I we had a lot of raids and stuff going on in our neighborhood. And my husband, you know, he drives a, a nice, decent truck. And I caught, I was so scared for my husband being, mm-hmm. a, being a big black guy. I saw a lot of the police that me and my husband have never been to jail. Mm-hmm. Like we, that's not a thing with us. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling him on the phone and I was, I was leaving out. And I saw a lot of raids and I said, baby, be careful as you're on your way into our neighborhood because the police are pulling over so many different people. Wow. And I just want to make sure that you be okay. Yeah. And so I'm calling you before you even get out of work to get home. Yeah. yeah. And my husband is like, baby, thank you. And I shouldn't have to call him to let him know <laughs> that I'm so concerned about his well-being. And if he will even make it home yeah. from being stereotyped for being a big black guy and a nice looking vehicle. But do you know he work every day? Yeah. Or did you just size him up because of how he looks? Right, right, right. And perception. he might, he had the perception, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, you know, me, I'm assertive and I'll just say whatever it is. Did you just size me up because I'm assertive? And so did you just say, you know what, I don't want to talk to her. She got a smart mouth, so I'm not going to be her friend. I'm not going to talk to her. But do you really get to know me to know that I love her or not? I'll probably do whatever for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, so perception is a big thing, especially in the community that I live in. And I also believe that that is a whole other level that requires courage every day. Oh, yeah. To live in that, to face that, to face discrimination, stereotypes, yeah. and that that impacts our mental health. Yeah. That fear factor. Yes. And and what's happening in fear is our nervous systems yes. are keyed up constantly, yes. which creates anxiety, mm-hmm. which creates problems for heart, which creates blood pressure issues, which mm-hmm. can cause stroke, mm-hmm. which puts us in early stages of diabetes and mm-hmm. all of these other mm-hmm. health factors that we know are rampant in, in right. the community in which you're serving right. and so many others like it. And so it's a real thing. And I hope that the listeners and the viewers yeah. from today from your group that's looking in mm-hmm. can really understand that that's a real thing and it's that we shouldn't thing. minimize that. Yes. We have to bring that out yeah. and I'm glad you did. It's yeah. a real thing. And the other real thing that we can do is what you talked about in the previous episode. And that is you can go to therapy. Yeah. You can get support. 
you can get counseling and yeah. your ministry is helping with some of that with the women yes. you're serving. So talk about some of the support services that yeah. you offer. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about addressing the spiritual, physical and relational need, you have to be, you have to have resources to address these needs. Working with the same population of people that have experienced the level of things, you know, you're talking to somebody that is, have experienced rape or any kind of trauma, right? And so for me, it's just my heart to say, look, not only should you do it, but let me tell you why the benefits, mm -hmm. but also let me open up and tell you that I have been, because see, oftentimes we have power and testimony. And mm -hmm. oftentimes when you tell somebody, well, look, Tina, I've done it. So I'm sure it could be good for you. People want to hear, oh, you done it too? Right. How, right. how did that work out for you? Yeah. Versus you saying you should go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because how, why would you say I should go? Yeah. But when I get to say I've done it and I still do it, yeah. they want to say, oh, I, I'll try it out. Um, and so it, when I think about, so in the last, you know, couple of months, couple of weeks, you know, the several women that I've sent to different counselors or organizations that provide mental health resources, um, the change that I see in them, mm -hmm. the glow. Mm -hmm. Their kids are going to bed on time, like 730. Wow. Like they eating meals now because not only is therapy helping with themselves, they're helping expand the life of their families. Yeah. So it's impacting that next generation. Yeah. It's yeah. blowing over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really, really love that. I think it's a really big thing. And so I just, I just try to lead with, I've done it. Yeah. And so you should do it too. Yeah. And and making that connection too, mm -hmm. that we're walking together right? and it's not me here right. and you there. Right. And that's the power of the mantle and the mm -hmm. mentoring mm -hmm. is that we're walking it together mm -hmm. um, and, and we're learning together and oh, we're yeah. growing together because oh, yeah. I'm quite sure you are learning from the ladies that you serve. Oh, yeah. So tell me at least one thing that you think, they teach me this on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell you, I would say that the one thing that I think about what they teach me is, they teach me survival. Mm -hmm. You know, I had went through, I used to ride the, the city bus back in the day. You know, you get a little couple of coins, you go buy your car, right? Right. And so, you know, I hadn't been on the city bus in years. And so one of the ladies was trying to tell me about how it was to ride the city bus in the 20th century. Uh -huh. So, you know, I, I took her up on the opera. I, I, I launched what we call the Redeemed Women Bus Ride Challenge. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, I, yes, <laughs> it was so crazy, Tina. I go and I launched this challenge and I said, and I asked some people to join me on riding the bus because I wanted to see what her experience was to go to the grocery store that takes three and a half hour round trip bus ride mm -hmm. in our neighborhood mm -hmm. to go to the grocery store. But I just go get in my car. You know, we go get in no our car. grocery store in no. your, the neighborhood. No, not yeah. at all. And so, and just the resources of having transportation. Yeah. So I'm not only not have a grocery store, I'll have transportation to get to where it one is. Mm -hmm. So I get up, we get on the bus and I'll just make a long story short without telling you the whole bus detail miserable mm. that's a nice word mm -hmm. tina i got off that bus at the bus stop and i bawled my mm. eyes out wow. i did not know it was so hard i had been hearing them tell me the stories of what it was like to ride the bus i get to the bus stop the bus driver rude i don't even know what the story is mm -hmm. no one no one properly educates you mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so you're just supposed to get on nowhere to get off it mm -hmm. um not only properly talk to you crazy Mm -hmm. You know, all of these things. Then you got to get off. You got to walk three, four miles down, then walk back three, four miles. I was just like, oh, my God. And so one of the things that I think about them teaching me daily is the effective way to ride the dark bus, girl. 
So they tell me what time to Which get there. I think it would be something oh, yeah. like big, but it's like, how do I do this one thing that seems like it should be just anybody Easy. should be able to do yeah. it, right? Yeah, but there's an effective way. You got to make sure you have your dollars already set aside. Okay. So you don't go on there with your $5 bill. You break them down in ones. Okay. Which I didn't know this. Yeah. You know, you um you make sure you look at the little meter that you, that you stick the money in because sometimes it might not be working. And if it's not working, they'll have a little box right there, which I put my money in and it wasn't working. So I gave them the bus money for free. They benefited off of your lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge, you know? <laughs> Wow. Then, you know, you got to push the button at the right time. You can't push the button to get off when you get to the, when you want to get at the stop. You got to push it back like a little bit uh-huh. further back. Uh-huh. You know, advance notice. Advance notice. So all of these things that I felt like that I've learned so much. I'm just like, okay, like how do you how do you do these things? So for me, that is if I think about every day because when you think about where they come from and how they travel in. That is what I learned every day. So Yeah, just a reminder that there are people who have to live differently than maybe yes. what we're living and that, that our way isn't necessarily better, but they've learned how to exist mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to thrive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's so utilitarian. And yeah. we can we can use some of that, can't oh, we? Yeah. We can use some of oh, that. Oh yeah. So I have a couple more questions before. I mean, I wish you could come on and just stay on every episode. I, know, right? I, I need know. like about five more episodes. I know. We got it. Yeah, let's lock it in. So yeah. listen, we're going to have you back because I've yeah. got a series that's going to, we're going to talk about trauma a little later in the okay. year. So I'd love for you to come yeah, back. absolutely. Um, it would be an honor. Great. So two things. One, I need you to tell us about the love story, how you and your husband met. Yeah. Um, that blows me away. I've said this before. It really blows me away, but it just goes to show. And I want to say this to those who are waiting on that special love out yeah. there, because I know there are listeners and viewers who are yeah. just that God can position anybody at any time to yeah. blow your mind. Can yeah. we say that? Because that rhyme, it does. God can position anybody at any time to blow your mind. Mm. And I received that myself. Mm. Okay. Um, so talk a little bit about that. And then I got one question we're going to close out with. So Absolutely. After that. Yeah. So um, my husband's name is Kevin. Um, and he's handsome, by the way. I just I want y'all to know. Too. God yes, did do a shabby job. Yes. He gave chocolate a, a really yes. handsome, yes. tall, fine Yeah. Man. Yeah. He is. I call him my hugger That's Aww. my name for him. He's so, he's so precious. <laughs> and just, um, just, just, you know, my lover. I love him. Um, But we met at work some years ago. We actually met in like 07, 08. And we met at work. And um, it was just so crazy. He asked me for my phone number the first day we met, and uh, I gave it to him. He asked me out on a date the very next day. I stood him I like up. I his style. He knows pulling around. Oh, no. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He knew what he wanted. Yeah. I, I can't blame him, though. You know. Um. <laughs> so he asked me out on a date, and I stood him up, and I'll tell you why. And then he went back out on the road. I met him in, in Dallas, um, but he went back out on the road, traveled all 50 states, being a truck driver. And I stood him up because I was just getting out of a divorce, a relationship. I was broken and I just went to him and kept it real. And I was like, look, I'm just getting out of something and I don't have time and I need to get myself together. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, cool. Let's just talk. Let's talk through this. So make a long story short, we stayed phone friends for six years, not seeing each other. Wait a minute. Hold on. I need you to say how many years one more time. Y'all were phone friends for one, two, three, four, five, six years. Yeah. Yeah. Over the phone. Wow. That's it. Y'all hadn't seen each other. Hadn't seen each other. No visits. No conjugal visits. They didn't wait on the Lord till we knew their strength. Yes. Yeah, we didn't do any of that. 
And uh, in July, he came for my birthday. My birthday is July 12th, so he came for my birthday. Spent the week. We had a great time, hung out, just went to a couple of places. And then in the, uh, in October, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. October 16th, I'll never forget, 2013. Um, so it came July 2013. I got diagnosed in October 2013. Mm-hmm. We're at, at this point, we're at pet names. He's baby. I'm boo. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things. And we're trying to make a go of it. And finally, he tells me, he's like, hey, you know, I think God is telling me that I need to move to Texas to take care of you. Um, and it's a win-win for the both of us. He's at this point single. I'm at this point single. He was going coming out of some things and I'm going into some things. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we just made it work together. And I, so he flew here December 3rd. I started chemo December 23rd. Um, he walked with me through that whole process. Wow, wow, wow. April of 2015, I had my double mastectomy. May 1st, he asked me to marry him. Then we, we both come from divorces, um, and he has two kids, my, my stepchildren, which I, we call them my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's been divorced, and I've been divorced, so we decided to do premarital counseling. Never done premarital yeah, counseling before. Yeah. Make a long story short, we got married October 3rd of 2015, and uh, we're going on five years this year. Oh, that is so and, awesome. Um, I but, never get tired of hearing this story, y'all. I never get tired of it. <laughs> I mean... Through all of that, mm-hmm. and he said, I think I need to move to take mm-hmm. care of you, mm-hmm. and went through the horse cancer um, mm-hmm. process Everything. with you. He wasn't even my husband. He was just my... I didn't even know he was my boyfriend. I'm just going to say, I didn't know we were dating. I'm we were dating. It's some hope <laughs> that is being infused right now. Yes. That is so awesome, yeah. and that's what happens when God does something. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it was the nitty-gritty, and so I will tell you that we have a strong marriage because we went through nitty-gritty early on. We went through financial loss. I got laid off. He got laid off. We got cars repo. We did this. We did that. Mm-hmm. Our, you, you can look at the cookie cutter and think, like, man, they just look so good, but you don't know the grind. Yeah. And the, we ate pancakes, and we ate soup for dinner. We didn't have food. Mm-hmm. We didn't have toiletries. We didn't have a lot of things that on the outside people would be like, oh, it'll be okay. We didn't have insurance. I barely got Medicaid yeah. because, you know, I just had, I had lost my job. Yeah. And I and been working here for years. And then now I'm in I'm receiving the system, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so to walk through that Y'all are, I mean, like seriously, y'all are my, y'all my love story that I look at and be like, y'all, you are the power couple and you are a courage couple Mm. Um, because it took courage for him to say, I know I need to be in her life at this time. Mm -hmm. Courage to walk with you through that and Mm -hmm. courage for you to accept his offer to do it. Cause you know, sometimes we have people that want to connect with us at times where we don't feel our best and we're like, no, I got it. And you were, you you were courageous enough to say, come on. on And and immediately I was like, what are you coming? (laughs) (laughs) Look at him. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah, he moved and he moved to Las Colinas for a little bit. And then he moved in with me and people were talking about that, about you shouldn't be letting this man move. So I was like, first of all, this man came miles for me. Mm-hmm. And if he want to sleep in the back room in this three bedroom house that God built for him, yeah. let, I'm letting him. Yeah. Cause he came. Cause he came for you. Yes. Okay. Listen, yes. I'm getting ready. Look, I can take this <laughs> on and on and on. Um, so beautiful and thank you for inspiring i know that there are those who are hearing that that just know that again that god has somebody that he can connect with us and it doesn't matter what season we're in Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what condition we're in you know we live in a time where it's all about how i look and you know making sure that you know that image thing is down but he sent god sent him at a time where you were at one of your worst points 
and he's stuck with you. Mm-hmm. And that's a God thing. Mm-hmm. That's a God thing. Woo! Okay. Ooh. So <laughs> I can get stuck on that one. So let me press on. What out of everything that has transpired in your life would you say this is the thing that I'm most grateful for? If I had to choose one thing today, I would say the uh, today I'm most grateful for um, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, because trusting God is it comes with, it comes at a cost, mm-hmm. and it does require sacrifice, and it does require people turning their back on you, people saying that they're crazy. You know, um, I didn't start a nonprofit to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I started it because that's what God called me to do. Yeah. It weighs heavy sometimes on my family. They don't get to see me. Um, I'm always in the thick of it. Yeah. And so um, sacrifice, I'm, I'm most grateful for that at this time. I sleep well at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have so much peace. Yeah. And I, I and my life is, is, yeah. is uh, not full of drama. And in in negative toxic toxic people, mm-hmm. I and but that comes at a sacrifice and it comes at a cost. Yeah. And so I'm so glad that I answered the call on my life when he said go. Mm-hmm. I said okay. Mm-hmm. And oh. and that peace mm-hmm. comes as a result of it. Yes. Not that it's easy, no. but as you're doing it, you know that you're in the right place mm-hmm. at the right time, doing it for the right mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And there's peace and joy in that. And that takes courage. Yes, it does. Yeah. Come through. Mm. Come on with that. Yeah. Listen, if you're like me, you get so much joy listening to Chocolate just share about her life's journey. All of those wisdom nuggets that she poured out to us over these last two episodes. And I'm so excited about what God is doing in her life and how he continues to empower her and encourage her to keep encouraging up in her ministry and in her own experiences every day. Her book, Anointed, was such a blessing to me. I believe it will be the same for you. I want to share how you can get her book. You can email her at chocolate at redeemedwomen.org. Her website is redeemedwomen.org and you can go and find out more about her nonprofit and the ministry that she has in the Southern sector of Dallas. And listen, y'all, I know this is a tough season that we're in as we continue to face the challenges of being quarantined and on lockdown during this COVID-19 experience. I want to encourage you to keep looking up, to stare and focus on the face of God as he smiles back at us and assures us that he's got us in his very capable hands. I want to thank you for tuning in to Free Up during this time. I'm planning to complete a bonus episode that will just share a few things that are on my heart and then be prepared for our next episode in two weeks where we'll talk about couraging up to face our thoughts because we have a lot of thoughts coming in on us during the season. So stay tuned in and locked in to free it up. And remember always, God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you.